This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Welcome to Main Corpse. I'm Matt. I'm Kelsey. And today we have got um, something I'm really excited about. Kelsey, I'm going to let you explain the food okay. part because you've spent um, the better part of two weeks planning this out. So go right ahead. Okay. So um, I'm going to start with the simplest thing. We have some bread here that we got from the bread bowl. The bread bowl. Uh -huh. It's sourdough. I just put a little bit of butter on it and a peach butter that I made with peaches from um, Green Thumb Botanicals here. Okay. All right, and I took that peach butter and I marinated some chicken that I mm -hmm. got from Novak Farms so that I could make a peach um, vinegar chicken. I used apple cider vinegar instead of a balsamic because it was something I could source locally. Yep. Um, and then I made a salad with tomatoes, peaches, um, what is that, pickled green beans, and we got some gorgeous lettuce also from Green Thumb, and I used the peach butter again to make a vinaigrette for that. And when you say here, where are we right now? The Bridgeport Farmer's yeah, Market. Yeah, so we're back at the Bridgeport Farmer's Market. All right, this is our first uh, trip here this year as mm -hmm. guests, definitely not as, uh, as, as you know, patrons. Um, but we are here today to try this out. These plates look absolutely fantastic. Oh, um, and I'm, yeah. I totally forgot. I also made a cherry crumble. You did. And we have coffee from, what's the name of that coffee shop down there? Groove on the Move? Is Groove that what it's called? The move, there we yeah. go. All right, so we have an Americano from them. Yes. All right, so we have an Americano from them to, uh, to try that out. So where are you going to start? And I'll start at the same place you do. Let's just start with the bread. I'm in. Get it out of my way. Oh my gosh. That sourdough mm -hmm. is so dense and delicious. I would like it better if it was toasted um, texturally, but that's okay. We didn't have a way to toast it here. It is absolutely delicious. Where was delicious. I going to get a toaster? I know you can bring a toaster with you. I'm not. I'm not blaming you. Um, delicious, Sounds delicious like you sourdough. Might be. All right, um, and that peach butter that you made. Thank you. Knockout. Um, knockout. It's delicious. Peach butter is extremely easy to make, guys. You just take your peaches, you peel them, and cut them into chunks. Cook that with a little bit of salt, um, not salt, sugar. Mm -hmm. And um, I put some spices in there, a little bit of ginger and cinnamon. It's so good. And yeah, and that's I'm gonna, it. I'm going to try another bite of it, actually. I like it better than apple butter. Yeah, it's a little bit tart, which gives it just... It's really lively. I didn't need like a little bit of lemon juice or anything to it. In case you guys didn't hear Brittany uh, sin, she said that she likes apple butter. Uh, she likes peach butter more than apple butter. And that really bothered me just now. Um, and I don't know why. How do you feel about that? What do you like better? Strawberry butter. Actually. Strawberry? Oh, you brought me some of that, didn't you? Did. It was delicious. Okay. I'm still an apple butter man. I always will be. Where are we going next? Salad. All right. Salad I'm going to get next. a little bit of everything here. I'm going to try to, but that's going to be a big a bite. Yeah. That's going to be a big bite. All right. I was a little worried Dude. about the green beans working, but... Oh, it works. Mm -hmm. It cuts through the sweetness um, mm -hmm. really, really well. All right. Oh man, that vinegar, that mm -hmm. vinaigrette—it's it, outrageous. It turned out so good. Yeah, it turned out really, really good. The tomatoes are um, so fresh. What's it's the name disgusting. of that? What's the name of them again? Green um, Thumb Botanicals. Green Thumb, guys, their mm. veggies are absolutely stunning. This is so good. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, you really knocked he out of the my park with this. Yeah. Yay. I'm gonna try one of those pickles again. So you you made these pickles, right? Yeah, I, I pickled these green beans um, using vegetables from Green Thumb as well as um, a locally sourced apple cider vinegar. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Me too. All right. So again, we are live. So <laughs> we're gonna get people talking to us. Um, that was people, Patty from Green Acres. From Green Acres, awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so. The next thing I'm going to try is this chicken because I'm dying to get into it. So uh, let's I'm do this. I'm so worried. Guys, I cooked this here. How great is it? I can see your faces. So that doesn't pop up on a podcast. That is um, some of the best damn chicken I've ever had in my life. That is really good chicken. Yeah. Uh, so what farm did this chicken come from? Novak Farm. Novak Farm. I was so worried it wasn't going to be moist, like it was going to be so dry. No, and it's, it's unreal. It's, no, it it's perfect. Moist. Yeah, so Novak Farm chicken, um, that is, that is, uh, that's a stunning piece of chicken. And mm -hmm. you did a very good job with that. With um, an electric skillet With an electric outdoors. skillet outside. So. It looked beautiful before you cooked it, so I... It was, it was great. I marinated the chicken with the apple butter I made and let it sit overnight. I sauteed it until it, I browned it off and then I made the sauce and finished it in the sauce. And guys, this was so easy to make. Guys, if I'm quiet right now, <laughs> it's because I'm doing something I seldom do on this show. I'm finishing a meal live. I will say it... Here, Britt, you can have mine. It's one of the best looking meals that you've made. It is awesome. That is... That was I don't fantastic. know if it offends me that you just said that in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so Brittany said it's one of the best looking meals that Kelsey's ever made. I'll back that up by saying everybody who has stopped by today has said how beautiful this meal is. Um, I mean, we have people it's like... It's the ingredients. They're fresh. They're gorgeous. They're they're made yeah, they're by here. people who love what they care about, right. like and, what they're doing. And right here in our beautiful state, too. Mm -hmm. All right. I've now been made quiet. All right. Brittany is going to be quiet and finish eating. I am going to move to my... May uh, I have a fork? Absolutely. Within which... Yes. There you go. It's so good. No, I'm saying it. It's so good. All right, so next we are going to get into the cherry cobbler. Cherry crumble. It's crumble. Just a, okay. It would cherry be a crumble. cobbler if I had used like biscuits, but I just okay, made a crumble gotcha. on top. Gotcha. And crumble's my favorite thing. Dope. Um, my favorite apple pie is the one that just has a crumble on top of it. All Dutch right. apple pie. Dutch apple pie. Yep. Okay. So let's see. I'm in a happy place. I noticed that Kelsey won't be the first one that says anything about her own food, so it's going to have to be me. Hold on a minute. Those cherries are outstanding. I'm going to demolish those. That kicks ass. Thank um, you. Oh, and that coffee pairs with it so nice. Mm, I forgot Ooh. we had coffee. Their, their coffee is very good. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's a little bit cold now, but I really like it. Yeah, but that flavor pairs so nicely I with know. the crumble. What a good Americano. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, those green beans are the best thing you've ever made. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I made those last week. That was the first thing I did was I put the pickling liquid and, every, and the green beans and stuff together and I let them sit for the week. And I think a week is like perfect. Yeah, so here, here's, my, here's my feedback overall right now. Yes. So my feedback overall is ingredients do absolutely matter. Um, you could go buy everything to make this at your local Walmart. You could buy everything to make this at your local Kroger, all that stuff, and it would be fine. But getting it from a local place um, and actually like making ingredients that were grown here and produced here uh, using meat 
from chickens that were raised here. Um, I don't know. It just tastes so good. It tastes really, really good. Warm um, and welcoming. It does. It yeah. does. It feels good. Um, so overall, this is one of the best meals we've had on this show. Um, it was really, really, really good. And part of it is the ingredients we used. And the other big part of it is Kelsey doing an amazing job. So um, thank you. Thank Once you, Kelsey. Once again, thanks Fantastic. mom and dad for sending me to culinary school, yeah, even yeah, though I'm it. not using it. Yeah, if I had to make this, it probably would have tasted okay, but it would not have looked anywhere near as good as this does. <laughs> um, and I probably would have been nowhere near as confident going into it as you seemed like you were. All right, so with that being said, are you ready to talk some true crime? I'm so excited about my story today. You're going to love it. I am too. I am too. I'm excited about mine. I don't know that you that you are expecting what's about to happen. Um, we're going to get we're going to do the exact opposite of local food with mine. So, okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to do Let's do that. it. I'm excited. All right. So um, visit the Bridgeport Farmer's Market. They're on Facebook. Um, the folks here are amazing. Follow um, us to see where else yep. we're going to be live. We're going to do this again with the Farmer's Market here mm -hmm. in a few months. We'll yep. post the dates. Actually, we may the have already, already posted, posted them. Yeah. yeah, it's in September. So come and so join we'll us. So we'll post reminders yep. for the dates. Come uh -huh. join us. And I, we haven't really decided what we're going to do for that one yet, mm -hmm. but let's try something a little bit different with it. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Sounds good. All right, cool. Okay, so we're at the farmer's market. Yes. Okay, and I decided that I'm going to bring you a crime today that is food related in honor of us being here. Okay. Like, so, a, like a real crime or like yes. a crime of like you cooked something so awful it should be a crime? No, this is a real crime. Okay. This is a real crime. And not only that, it's actually fairly local too. Stop. Um, and I am incredibly excited because... Okay, so let's let's just cut right to it, all right? So we have a lot of people around us right now. They're all out here buying food and all that stuff. Let me ask you a question. If you saw a vendor out here selling cheese, how much of it would you buy? Oh. I know you, all right? And we know our producer, Brittany, and we know the love of cheese around so here. So here's yeah. the thing. I know the laws about cheese and um, selling milk and things of that mm -hmm. nature. And I um, am dying for West Virginia to adjust that so mm -hmm. that I can start getting fresh butter and milk and cheese. Okay. Because um, drink at your own risk, you know? I, I mean, I would. I am totally fine with unpasteurized cheese mm -hmm. um, and unpasteurized dairy. I, I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, it is risky, but it's, it's fine with me. It's my risk but to make, my dude. With that being said, if someone tried to cut you off from buying a certain amount of cheese, how would you react? Poorly. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that you would not react as badly as the person we're about to talk about. Okay. So this article, this story comes from 2014 and it involves a man who wanted more cheese and they cut him off. And Why did they cut um, him off? I'm going to explain. So by the way, if you're hearing the bell in the background, the uh, farmer's market just opened for business and we're recording this. So <clears throat> a man walked into a 7-Eleven in Martinsburg, West Virginia and went over to the section where you can make your own nachos and cheese. Oh, I All right? see. So he goes over to the section where you can make your own nachos and cheese and he starts making his own nachos and cheese. He Is it was more told, cheese than nacho? I, I'm not sure. There's no picture of it or anything like that. I'm not sure exactly what went down after this. If it um, was me, it'd be more cheese than nacho. But he was told to not use so much nacho cheese by the 7-Eleven <laughs> employee, okay? <laughs> he allegedly then went into a tirade 
explaining that he eats people and is the biggest killer in Martinsburg. What? He went into a tirade <laughs> saying that he was threatening basically to to eat this man and that he was the biggest killer in Martinsburg because the guy was like, "Hey buddy, is he going to serve you? him with cheese?" "Hey buddy, how about you uh how about you cut down on the nacho cheese over there, all right? You're taking all the nacho cheese. I eat people, sir, and I I am the biggest killer in Martinsburg." So, this is what he told the guy. Um <laughs> Harry Grant McDonald, 56, uh, was charged with two counts of obstructing an officer and the single counts of disturbing of religious worship and assault, according to the Berkeley disturbing County... Disturbing of religious worship? <laughs> magistrate Court. So, a dispute How? over a man using too much nacho cheese ballooned into two counts of obstructing an officer, dis two a single count of disturbance of religious worship and assault. I don't understand the religious part. <laughs> this is outrageous. Um, so police arrived to investigate the reported disturbance around 7 p.m. After making declarations at the convenience store on 201 Winchester Avenue, McDonald went outside and declared he was going to kill the employee who confronted him As about dispensing the cheese uh, into a food container. Um, so... He basically turned when the guy said, uh, can you stop using so much cheese? And was like, you want to die tonight, buddy? Because you're about to die. So I have, a, I have a story similar to that, um, okay. but nothing actually came of it. So one time, my husband and I got into a big fight. Okay. Because my husband never keeps receipts. He always throws receipts away. And um, this was stupid. There was a ton of stuff going on at the mm -hmm. time. But it was Christmas. And you know how wired I get at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my bags was missing. Okay. It hadn't gotten picked up from Walmart. So, um, because he threw the receipt away, I had no proof I'd ever purchased that item. Okay. We got into a massive fight. I thought he left me because he just disappeared. He was gone. <laughs> he goes, he goes to the Walmart. They have my missing bag. And by the way, in this missing bag is a $1 chicken figurine. Okay. Yeah. And they wouldn't give it to him because he didn't have the receipt. And he said, you can make the decision now if you want to be in the newspaper tomorrow or you can give me the chicken. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you, that's outstanding and I love it. I got my chicken. All right. I have so a quote was, from so this. So was he in Martinsburg recently? <laughs> I have a quote. I have a quote here. He then stared at the employee and raised a closed fist, followed by a series of martial arts-style punches in the employee's direction after telling him that he eats people and he's the biggest killer in Martinsburg, he starts <laughs> making martial arts moves. Okay, so are they actual martial arts moves or is it like when I pretend I'm gonna karate chop the air? And then, How? would you like to hear the best part? <laughs> a review of the surveillance footage validated the account. <laughs> Do we have? I do not have it. I want this oh. footage of, of this angry cheese man uh, doing, doing martial arts moves after threatening to eat the employee at 7-Eleven for cutting him off of nacho cheese. So do you know what type of cheese it was, by the way? What? Not his cheese. Oh my oh, God. Oh, you get it? Because he didn't get his cheese. Never mind. That's not nacho a good joke. cheese. Yeah, I know. I know how the joke goes. Oh, I, wow. I, I played that around in my head a little bit and decided it, it not sound, to do it. Did it sound? And then it just kind of came out. Yeah. Um, did it sound better in your head? 
So McDonald also allegedly gave the police a false name, uh, was found at the Martinsburg Union Rescue, Rescue Mission later, where he was arrested during a church service. So that's where the, uh, the count of oh. disturbing a religious... Yeah. Uh, uh, they arrested him. They disturbed the service. I know. I know. Uh, McGovern oh, said yeah, in his complaint that McDonald's was shouting and trying to free himself from the officer's grip while being detained and disrupted the church service. So, oh, okay. So again, because he didn't go quietly. Yeah, again. So um, I'd like to recap the story for you. So guy walks into a 7-Eleven. All right. He's, he's, he's needing a cheese fix. All right. And, and we all understand he's that because we've been right. there before. He needs a cheese fix. We're not going to, you know, I don't know about all that because Brittany, our producer would react this way. If you tried to cut her off of cheese, I guarantee it. I've never cut Brittany um, off of cheese. Yeah. You would never dare do that. I but would never. Some try. poor sheets employee or something tries to cut her off. It's going to get, we're going to be doing a story about her, um, is what's going to happen. So he walks into this convenience store. He's like, I'm feeling cheesy today. I'm going to go get some cheese. And he starts feeling, 7-Eleven, so he could have like a whole big gulp cup yeah, filled with cheese. Yeah, he starts using too much of it, and the guy's like, hey, buddy, how about watch that? He turns, <laughs> says, I eat people, I'm the biggest killer in Martinsburg, does some sweet karate moves before running outside screaming that he's going to kill the 7-Eleven employee, then flees the scene. The police come, and they're like, there's no way that happened. Watch the surveillance footage, <laughs> confirm it definitely happened. Go to the Union <laughs> Mission, where they try to arrest him, and he disturbs a, uh, a church service gets arrested for um, threatening to kill an employee over nacho cheese, number one. As one does. Number two, disturbing a religious service. For not going quietly. And uh, and and uh, and trying to obstruct justice. I told Matt this is the best story he's ever had. This is the greatest cheese-related crime I have ever heard. So and I love it so much. So that's what I decided to bring to the fine folks here at the Bridgeport Farmers Market today. So um, hopefully... Are we getting looks? Yes. Hopefully they don't decide to not let us come back after this one. Hopefully, because but, we have one more appearance scheduled here but that this is, year. That is why you should shop at your local farmer's market if you want all the cheese you can handle and not your local 7-Eleven because they'll cut you off. Here, they'll just sell you more cheese, guys. They'll just sell if you more cheese. they sold cheese because it's not legal in someone, West Virginia. Someone may eventually show up with cheese and I, I bet they won't cut you off. They'll let you buy as much damn cheese as you want to buy. So there you go. All right. So are you ready to hear what I brought to the I table I am. Today? I'm ready. Okay. Um, this is a little close to home for you and I was so proud of me when I decided to do it. Okay. Let's um, hear it. Have you ever been to Vulcan, West Virginia? I have heard of Vulcan. I've never been there before. Okay, cool. It's um, it's in Mingo County. It's pretty close I to know Logan, Mingo, right? I know Mingo County. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a small community on the edge of um, Kentucky. Um, on three sides, it's surrounded by mountains, and the fourth side between West Virginia and Kentucky is the Tug River. Oh, I know the Tug River. Well, yeah. 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 So it's extremely difficult to get to, and that's probably why you've never been there. Probably. Yeah. Vulcan actually came to be when a coal mining camp sprang up and eventually became a small but thriving community because of the coal industry, mm -hmm. which is... The origin story, I feel like a, a lot of towns in West Virginia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially southern West Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, however, the coal did eventually dry up in the late 1960s, and the community began to dwindle. Today, as of the most recent census, Vulcan boasts a population of, can you guess how many people? I'm going to go with, I'm going to get, it's under 100. I'm going to say under 100. It's 408. Oh, okay. I was way under. Okay. All right, 48. That's very small still. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's mm -hmm. business. That's just kind of 
their thing, which I'm so glad I don't live in a community that size. I, I like small towns. That's a little small for me, though. Yeah. A little small. So in 1970, the number of people there was actually closer to 200. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually half, kind of gone up a little bit. Yeah, it's doubled. Okay. Now, the people who remained in Vulcan had a massive problem on their hands. Although the state map at the time showed one, the state never actually got around to building a road to the town. The only way to get to and from the town was to drive up on the Kentucky side of the river and then walk across a swinging bridge that oh, had been built by the wow. coal company years earlier. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. really interesting. Now, there was a side road that did run through Vulcan, but it was owned by the train company. A few drivers that did try to take the railroad right of way um, at least twice, the driver flinched due to the condition of the road. Obviously, yeah. And their truck ended up in the river. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So at that point, the railroad began prosecuting anyone who was caught on their property, which makes sense. I yeah. mean, I hate it. <laughs> no, there was like an access road next to the railroad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the lack of road was one problem, but the bigger problem was the damn near um, elderly swinging bridge was beginning to collapse. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. it Age had affected it, and it was starting to crumble. Now, remember, this is the only way to and from the town of mm -hmm. Vulcan. You can't leave over the mountains. You can't, like, Skyrim jump your horse up the side of the mountain. <laughs> okay. Which I wish you could. I, I gotta hear the rest of this because this is wild. You know, it gets even more wild. It really does. For years, the people of Vulcan, especially um, the self-appointed mayor, John Robinette, pled with county, state, and federal government officials in hopes to get the bridge repaired. Okay. Because it was literally the only way in and out. Their pleas were ignored and the bridge continued to crumble. In 1974, the bridge officially collapsed. The people were, of Vulcan were all but cut off entirely from the rest of the world. Wow. Yeah. Feeling betrayed by their own government, the people of Vulcan were in what they considered to be desperate times. And you know what desperate times call for. Desperate measures. That's right. So after reaching out to every source they can think of, their mayor wrote to the Soviet embassy in Washington, D.C. and briefly considered writing to Israel as well. What? Cover all your bases. Yeah. He okay. He also sent a letter to communist East Germany. Now, in this these did letters, not take the turn that I thought it would take. I, okay, go ahead. In the letters, they described Vulcan's dire circumstances and requested foreign aid to build a real bridge because they needed help and they had gone to all the sources they knew. And they said, you know what? That's fine. If you won't do it, someone will. Right? They contacted the rich countries like East Germany. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep in mind, this was 1977. Uh -huh. Remember what's happening in the 70s? Oh, yes. Yeah. The Cold War. Yeah. So, the Soviets jumped at the opportunity to embarrass the U.S. and promptly dispatched journalists to the tiny town. Oh, my God. Okay. By interviewing and broadcasting the locals' misery, the Soviets were able to bring attention to the vastly ignored community. Newspapers across the country from coast to coast were talking about Vulcan, West Virginia. And just a like little aside, I texted my grandfather while I was doing this story, mm -hmm. and he, he doesn't have details about it. I was hoping he would. This man is a steel trap when it comes to history stuff. But he does remember when it happened. Like, okay. it made enough of an effect. I'm sure recall. it did. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
whole country is talking about Vulcan, West Virginia. Okay. A population of 208 people. An excerpt from the Spokane Daily Chronicle says, Soviet officials were amused today by reports that small town of Vulcan, West Virginia, has appealed to the Kremlin for foreign aid. The town with a population of 200 asked the Soviet government for financial help to build a bridge after the town was turned down by the U.S. and West Virginia governments. Now, people hated this. People hated this a lot. Anti-communist people wrote to radio stations, local papers, and started sending a plethora of bomb threats, saying they'd blow up any bridge built with red foreign aid. So they clearly care about the U.S. citizens here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so in December of 1977, the Soviet embassy dispatched a senior journalist to meet with Vulcan's mayor and survey the problem. This journalist was authorized to give them a promise to keep an eye on the situation. If their own government continued to refuse to build this bridge, the Soviets agreed to foot the bill for building a brand new bridge for Vulcan, West Virginia. Within hours, visiting journalists caught wind that Governor Jay Rockefeller was working with Kentucky to build a new bridge and the state legislature authorized $1.3 million for the task. I mean, now, so, so the plan worked. That was a good plan. That was a John, solid plan. John Robinette is quoted in saying, our government was afraid of the Russians, afraid they were going to build the bridge. They're, they were embarrassed into it, and nothing will convince me otherwise. Well, yeah, they were definitely embarrassed into it. That, like but, it. hey, that's how it works, man. Do your thing. So today, a one-lane graffiti-covered bridge connects the people of Vulcan to the outside world, and, and aside, the narrow gravel road adjacent to the train tracks has been widened and has been made available to public use. Amazing. Um, so it's not necessarily a crime today. Oh, yeah. But it is a super fun story. That and is technically... You killed the bomb threats. Yeah. The bomb threats are crimes, Ooh. and technically that would have been considered, especially in the 70s, as being a traitor. Mm-hmm. So... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider this a crime because what an interesting way to get a bridge for your I, town. I love yes. it. I I support. Can their, we? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing I want to talk about it. It's they built them a one lane bridge. Mm -hmm. Come on. Give them two. Yeah. Lanes. Give them two. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Give them two. Yeah. Give them. You two got lanes. embarrassed into this, and you're you're just being petty by just doing a single lane. <laughs> yeah. It's still amazing, though. We yeah. should, if we're ever in the area, because we do love to travel, uh, we should definitely go take a picture in front of this bridge. Absolutely. And we should go to Martinsburg and get a picture in front of this 7-Eleven, um, holding cheese, holding cups of cheese, uh, because that you know Whole only cups makes of sense. Cheese. So my story definitely wasn't as serious as yours. Um, but they were both amazing. So. Cheese is pretty serious. I don't know. Cheese is a pretty serious subject. I agree. Yeah. Cheese is extremely serious. All right. Well, that's all I've got for today. That's all I've got. So, guys, um, come out and visit the Bridgeport Farmer's Market. It's open every Sunday during the summer. Do you know the, the exact dates, or is it usually, does it change a little bit? As far as, like, what, like, like what month they open, what month they close? They generally open in May, and they close in October. Okay. All right. Cool. So, they open in May, close in October. We will be here again in September. So, um, come by and see us. Uh, and maybe yeah. even jump in and talk about something with us because we would love it. Yeah, and in the meantime, stay creepy. If you're if you're the guy that uh, that got arrested for cheese in 7-Eleven in Martinsburg, Contact we will do a us. phone interview. Phone interview. All right. I know you <laughs> eat people, so phone only. Um, we will talk to you though because we want to hear your side of the story. It's not right that they arrested you for wanting more cheese. That's. I think that's. <laughs> That's, you know, let's let's amend the Constitution and, and include the right to, to cheese. vast amounts of uh, golden yellow 
nacho cheese. Golden yellow, nacho cheesy All right. goodness. Don't make us go to the Soviets to get your cheese rights. To get your will. cheese and your bridge. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Stay creepy.